this is Glenn Arnold with the Ohio State University Extension. Uh, essentially, I do a lot of uh, manure on growing crop research in the state of Ohio. Uh, we're trying to extend our manure application window as best we can by adding more days of the year that we can apply. Basically, we we know that we put out roughly about a half of our manure in the fall. And when we do that, we don't really get much opportunity to use the nitrogen that's in there. And um, one of our goals, again, is to try to get manure application shifted to other windows of time. I always emphasize the need to look at your manure analysis. This is pounds per thousand gallons. Our liquid manures, and in, in, uh, talking with Dan Anderson from Iowa State, other places, we're much lower in nutrients than what you are perhaps in the Midwest. But this is fairly typical, typical of us to have about 37.68 pounds of total nitrogen in a thousand gallons of manure. And almost all of that is in the ammonium nitrogen form readily available for crop uptake. In swine manure, very small amounts of organic nitrogen for us. And then of course, P2O5 and K2O are very important. Um, what I really try to emphasize to farmers, you know, we, we have generations of, uh, of uh, habits to overcome to do a better job with our manure. But when you really look at the value of those nutrients, about 40% of the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potash total amount is the ammonium nitrogen portion. So again, if you're looking at a large pit of manure in our double white hog buildings, and I said, well, there's about $20,000 worth of nutrients in that pit. Well, about 40% of that's that nitrogen. So if you're going to put that out in the fall, you generally are going to say goodbye to most of it before the following year gets here. Also, the other thing I look for is a ratio. If I can have at least twice as much nitrogen per thousand pounds as I do P2O5, then I can look at a product I can use in corn later on for uh, side dressing. So this is about a three to one, but I like to have at least a two to one. Talk about a little bit on what we do with uh, manure on wheat. This is a, vein, or a uh, grassland applicator toolbar, also called a Wienheinz toolbar, I believe. It's a European design, and when you run that through a field, you'll end up with slices in your wheat field, much like this. And they run that about two inches deep or so. And um, this was the very first plot I ever did uh, with manure about 15 years ago. And it was about the very last plot I ever did with manure. The farmer was tremendously concerned about those slices in his wheat field. Um, then we went to harvest that fall and the urea on the left-hand side at 120 pounds of nitrogen per acre yielded 84 bushel. The manure on the right-hand side at about 4,000 gallons per acre yielded 88 bushel per acre. And that kick-started our work on manure in the state of Ohio. We couldn't get that uh, grassland applicator in the following year, so we took a pecan toolbar we found in the woods. We modified it a little bit, made it uh, uh, work similar to a grassland applicator. And then we did three types of manure application, or two types of manure application. We did surface applied manure using a tanker and a tractor. We did incorporated manure with the tanker and tractor. And then we did urea as our control. This is just an example. The toolbar was only 13 and a half feet wide, so we had to make three passes across the field to reach um, so that we could use the 35-foot combine head that we had. If you look at the three years, all I really want to point out with this data is that in each of the three years, you had great variability in wheat yields. Um, that's one of the reasons it's hard to get people to grow wheat around here. Also, the gold bar is surface-applied manure each year. The red bar is the incorporated manure where we slice the uh, 
um, openings in the soil. And then the gray bar is the urea. Uh, we use uh, urea as the most common spring nitrogen top dress that we use. And I just want to show that basically manure held its own each year. The only year there was really any statistical difference was the first year where the surface applied manure was a little bit statistically better than the other ways. But, you know, it's something that uh, farmers looked at. We did a lot of plots on tankers. Eventually, we went from using manure tankers to um, using drag hoses. I'll forward this video a little bit here. And essentially, this is what a lot was getting done this past week in Ohio was the surface application of manure to uh, soft uh, red winter wheat in our state. I personally would like to see this incorporated, but if you're gonna do this surface application, we know it works. We just have to observe the proper setback distances between the um, field and the edge of the road and those types of things. So that's very commonly done around here is to uh, look at the methods of surface application. You can see how the um, hose drags right across the wheat fields. We really haven't much, had much trouble, even with menders in them. And this is about a five and a half inch hose. We primarily work between five and six inch hoses on most of our Ohio work that we do. The next thing we did is we went to using tankers in uh, manure plots. And uh, this is an example. This is our university tanker that we modified. We took off the flotation wheels and we put um, special rims and payloader tires on this tanker so that we could travel down through corn rows. And for about five years, we did about 50 on-farm plots with farmers up and down Western Ohio. And at the same time, we were also doing small plot research we did, we got about 10 bushel less per acre using a large tanker than we did with our small tankers and our small plots with manure. And we think that was primarily due to uh, compaction caused by the large tanker going through the field. But if you kind of look at what the data shows for us, um, essentially over a five year period of time, we did several treatments. And if we look at the top half of that page, if you can see my cursor at all, everything above the top my cursor or the top half of the page, we did incorporated 28% uridium ammonium nitrate at 200 pounds per acre as a side dress. We did incorporated swine manure at 5,000 gallons per acre because that got me 200 units of nitrogen. We did surface applied swine manure at 5,000 gallons per acre. And then we did incorporated dairy manure at our legal limit in the state of 13,500 gallons per acre. Plus we had to add about 65 pounds of UAN to get to our 200 pounds. And then we also did the surface applied dairy manure. And those are all pre-emergent plots. So when I started this way back in 2012, I didn't think the corn could be out of the ground if we ever wanted to go to drag hoses. And then the bottom half are the same exact treatments, only they're post-emergent plots at the three-year average. And if you look at, at the results, um, if you compare incorporated swine manure on the second line to the surface applied, or excuse me, the incorporated commercial fertilizer, both pre-emergent and post-emergent plots, the manure actually beat the uh, commercial fertilizer by double digits each year. You can see on the pre-emergent plots, it was about 15 bushel per acre. On the post-emergent plots, about 17. 
So this gave us a lot of, of uh, pause for thought on this. If we went and looked at the surface application of the swine manures in both instances, we gave back the yield advantage, but we were still within about 10 bushel of the incorporated commercial fertilizer. So when you leave manure on top of the ground, you're leaving nitrogen on top of the ground. If you can smell it, it's leaving. And this kind of backed that up. But at least it gave us something to think about. And then if you looked at the dairy plots, again, incorporated dairy manure um, competed very favorably with our commercial fertilizer in uh, our plots. Surface applied dairy manure was even worse than the surface applied hog manure. So again, we just want folks to understand when they're thrown on top of the ground, they're still gonna be donating a lot of nutrients. And this is a five year average. Uh, went through about one great season, two droughts, and, and a couple other so-so years on that one. So that led us to trying out the drag hose. This is Herod Farms in Dark County. Shoot, back up. This is Herod Farms in Dark County. Working with us on um, side dress plots. They were the first farmer in Ohio who was willing to give this a try. This is one of three university owned side dress toolbars that we run with in Western Ohio. This happens to have the Dietrich rolling colder units on it. And he's a no-till farmer, so the fields are usually pretty firm, able to hold the hose, able to hold the equipment in pretty good shape. This corn is pretty close to the V4 stage. Um, a little bit tall, but still we're able to get it done. You can see some of the manure is not completely absorbed yet, but it usually doesn't take very long. You can walk across that and uh, um, not have your shoes smell like manure continuously. If you look at, we've worked with him for six years now, and if you look at his numbers, um, over that six year period of time on the swine manure, he's averaged 200.6 bushels per acre. And on his commercial fertilizer, he's averaged 183.3 bushels per acre. So as he's gotten better at this, I think he's getting similar yield differences that we got with our small research plot tankers where soil compaction wasn't an issue. So over his six years, we're running right at 17.3 bushel per acre better with the manure. And again, he does the whole field with manure, except he'll leave four strips in there of commercial fertilizer for us for comparison. And then he believes based on his fertilizer savings, based on his yield increase, that for him it's worth about $157 an acre. Now he doesn't do every acre of corn, of course. He simply sets aside each season one 40 to 50 acre cornfield that he's gonna try to side dress with manure and uh, the rest of his fields he treats as he always would with commercial fertilizer. So it seems to work for him. The other thing that works for him is the balance involved. Um, when we look at 200 bushel corn and the removal of 70 pounds of phosphorus per acre when it's harvested, and we look at coming back the following years with soybeans, and 65 bushel soybeans removes another 51 pounds of P2O5, over a two-year uh, season, we would look at the removal of 121 pounds of P2O5 per acre. And that's pretty typical in Ohio. Somewhere between 100 and 125 is our typical removal of P2O5 with a corn soybean rotation. When he puts his 6,500 gallons of manure on this field every other year, he's putting 221 units of nitrogen 
He's putting 117 pounds of P2O5. And so his balance is just about break even over the two years time period. And his P2O5 or his K2O, his potash isn't too bad either. It's about 29 pounds to the positive. And he's just pretty thrilled. Thinks it's just a great way to go. He's got three finishing buildings. So he tries to have um, fields for each of those buildings each season. The question then arises, how tall can you be with the corn? So we drag hose corn fields plots we did for five years where we would drag corn at V1, V2, V3, V4, and V5. And when we would be done going across the field like this, we would turn right around and go back across it for the maximum amount of damage we could do. And if you looked at the five years that we did that from 2014 to 2018, down the left-hand side under the corn stage, you have no drag hose used, V1, V2, V3, V4, and V5 stages, where the hose was drugged twice across the corn at each of those stages. You bring the yield across the, uh, the uh, rows to the right-hand column. Basically, we were around 170 bushel for each year. At, at no drag hose, we were about 169.7. At V1, we were at 169.9, V2, 168.3, V3, 171.9. We started to break a little bit at the V4 stage. We, we did break off a few plants, but the yield statistically was still there. But at V5, we definitely know that's a bad place to be. So we think we're comfortable in saying that we can go to V4 using our Dracos, but we don't think we want to go to V5. Just so we're all on the same page, you know, V1 is the first leaf out of the ground. It's kind of rounded like the end of your thumb. Uh, V2, this, this leaf on the left side has a collar. It's gripping the plant. This V3 leaf on the right-hand side also has a collar. It's gripping the plant like you would grip a, a um, shovel handle. So we feel real comfortable that we can go to V4, which the V4 leaf is here on the left-hand side at the top but it does not have a collar where it grips the corn plant. So this is still V3 corn. The other thing to talk about a bit is how to plant the corn to make the drag hose work out. The way the Herods do it, and the most common way we do it in Ohio, is to plant the fields at the same angle that the commercial, commercial drag hose person is gonna to wanna to lay his hose. In this field, the, the corn is planted at a diagonal and the commercial applicator would also uh, lay his, his um, um, hose that way, and he would do a, the, the left triangle on this field, then he would do a crossover maneuver, and he'd do a triangle on the other side of the field. And that's how commercial drag hose guys operate best. We also have done it where we put a hose humper on the end of the field and did straight rows of corn, and that re worked reasonably well, but it's a lot of pressure on a drag hose. So the latest one that we did last summer that we liked quite a bit is to unroll the hose on the, in a bean field right beside the corn field that we want to do this, the side dress work in. And that corn field's on the left-hand side of this picture. And essentially, as the applicator goes back and forth in this field, the uh, hose humper guy just reaches in and hooks onto the hose. So here we have a tractor coming across doing the manure application. And then when he gets by, the hose humper, who's dead center in the middle of an 11 or um, quarter mile field, We'll reach over here with a hose humper and simply hook onto the field 
and brace it. It didn't take a whole lot of tractor to do that. We've also done this in a half mile field, but again, that's getting pretty hard on a drag hose, but it can be done. So that's an example of, and I just think this next video maybe sums it up a little bit better, where he's gone by, he's reached in, he's grabbed the hose, and then the, the uh, application tractor is about to make the turn on the far end. When he gets down and he makes that turn and that hose stops flowing through the uh, hose humper, or some people would call that a hose rustler, then this drag hose gentleman, who's the owner of the field, he'll also get out of the road and, and let that application tractor come back through in a little while. So you can see we're pulling all the hose from the left-hand side out of that soybean field that we had. And we think this is probably gonna be the system that if a farmer absolutely thinks the field has to be planted straight, this would probably be the system that we would look at to um, make the drag hose thing work. Remember, it takes a second tractor, it takes a hose humper, that's more people, that's more involvement, and not every commercial applicator is, would be interested in doing that. One last one I would throw out there is simply the uh, surface application of manure on corn. We still do a lot of that in the state. Um, here we're throwing about 7,000 gallons per acre of swine finishing manure on top corn at the V3 stage. This is the first time this farmer ever did it. So he thought in the future he would uh, probably plant the corn at an angle and let that tractor follow the rows of corn. So it's kind of a baby step in the right direction of where I'd like him to go. And I just want to emphasize that the, the field has to be solid enough to handle the hose. If you have a very uh, soft spring worked field like this, uh, what you'll do is you'll have that hose scour that loose dirt. See how we're starting to bury corn plants? Uh, this really looks bad and it makes everybody, everybody upset when you do it. So this field we also did two years later with the drag hose and they'd had a heavy rain, so the field was a lot firmer than it was this time around, and the hose drug pretty well across there. Now they still got 243 bushel per acre, so I think their, their anger was tongue in cheek, so to speak, when the year was all over with. But this is just sow manure. You can see the sow units in the background, and trying to make best of it we can. If for those who like to follow things on Facebook, our Ohio State Facebook page is here. I try to post as many uh, pictures and videos on here, as much manure research as I can, because I know that's just a much faster way to reach larger audiences. So we get a lot of feedback from, from folks. And we'll sometimes put some stuff on Manure Kings and some of the other Facebook pages. And that was kind of my talk. Melissa, I will be happy to uh, take questions if anybody wants to ask anything.